Good morning. And uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, if you have your Bible, if you could turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. While you're turning, I'm going to give you just a little bit of instructions because we have an object lesson in which you get to participate uh, this morning. So uh, I've brought along a baton. It's a simple relay baton. So Kevin is just going to hold it up there to show you what I mean. And uh, as soon as we've done our Bible reading this morning, what I'm going to ask is that you would begin to pass the baton. So while I'm speaking, my hope is that all of you will have had opportunity to both receive as well as pass the baton. So it's going to go down that aisle, up this aisle, down that aisle, and uh, it's going to end over here. Um, yeah. So... Now, in order to get that done, you probably will have to, uh, some of you will have to get up and go to the next row or maybe the next aisle, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that accomplished during our time uh, together. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and uh, there Paul says, by the way, I'm going to begin at verse 11, Paul says, and of this gospel... I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I've believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phagellus and Hermoyanus. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Continuing in chapter 2, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So Kevin, you can go ahead and start that process. Many of you uh, will remember 2008 with Hoare. It was the great uh, global financial crisis and uh, uh, it was the most serious downturn since uh, 1929, the Great Depression. When the Lehman Brothers went bankrupt in 2000, in, in, uh, in September of 15, September 15, 2008, it just started a wave through the world so that governments were uh, just desperately trying to keep our financial system going. Many investments, and you may have experienced this personally, Many investments plummeted in their value, or some of them disappeared altogether. One of the lessons from 2008, I think, for us, was guarding and growing investments is as important 
as it is difficult. Our passage today that we just read is Paul's appeal to Timothy to guard and to grow the good investment, the good deposit that he had been entrusted with as a steward. And this is our application today. This is what I want to say. So if you go to sleep and all of the rest, here's what I want to say. Is that we are responsible to faithfully guard and faithfully grow the good deposit that God has so graciously given to us. So this morning... Let's talk about guarding and about growing that investment, that good deposit that we have been given. And to start with this morning, we want to look at guarding the good deposit. The first question, at least, that came to my mind is, what is the good deposit? So I brought a deposit envelope here today, and I want to ask, what is in the good deposit that we have been entrusted with? Well, I believe there are two things, two treasures that make up the good deposit that Paul is talking about to Timothy. And the first one is sound teaching. I don't know if you can read that at the back, but sound teaching. The word sound here in, in, in uh, Timothy means healthy or accurate or truthful. And according to verse 11, this importance of sound teaching is particularly true regarding the gospel. The gospel is simply the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came as truly God and truly man in order to take human sin, in order to pay a sacrifice of human sin, so that uh, he was resurrected, ascended, and will reign forever. And when that sound teaching, when that gospel is received with faith, it results in eternal life. And so, sound teaching is important, isn't it? Because, because it's the difference, it's the difference between eternal life and eternal separation from God. Sound teaching was under attack in the first century, and so Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to guard sound teaching because it could have significant, even eternal consequences. It's important, and he pleads with Timothy to vigorously protect that truth. Well, if sound teaching was under attack in the first century, I want to suggest that it is under attack in the 21st century. And here's most, one of the most common ways that I hear it being attacked in our culture. We hear this mantra time and again. You live your truth, I'll live mine. With respect to religion, this idea means that all truths are equal. All religions are essentially the same, and all are on the same path and are going to end up in the same place. 
That popular idea, cultural idea about truth, is as ridiculous as saying cold is the same thing as hot. Wet is the same thing as dry. Or the oilers are the same thing as the flames. <laughs> I thought I'd catch you on that one. Now just imagine trying to apply that notion of truth to something as simple as a traffic light, which we don't have in Three Hills, but I think you can imagine one. I pull up to the stoplight, and I think that green is green, and green means go. That's my truth. On the other hand, you pull up to that same stoplight, and your idea of truth is that red is green, and red means go. The third person pulls up to the same stoplight, and their version of truth is that yellow is green, and yellow means when the light turns, chaos happens. You see, truth is important, and truth is especially important in issues, and, uh, issues of faith. And so, we're so grateful for the Bible that we have the opportunity to have it in our lives, which is the source, which is the authority of uh, truth, both for faith and conduct. So, first of all, in our deposit envelope, this or envelope, depending on how you want to pronounce it, in our uh, good deposit envelope, we're going to put a sound teaching. But there's a second treasure that goes in our good deposit envelope, and that is sincere faith. Sincere faith. Timothy had seen this both in his mom and his grandma. Sincere faith is sound teaching personalized in a godly life. You see, Timothy isn't only to guard sound teaching, he is to ensure, he is to make sure that sound teaching is personalized in his own experience, in his own, in his own life. Now, in terms of sincere faith, sincere faith is not merely intellectually agreeing to right teaching. See, we can know a whole lot about God. We can know a whole lot about the Bible. We can talk theology and not have sincere faith at all. In fact, I understand According to statistics, in, amongst millennials, 64% of them say or self-identify as being Christian. 22% of them live their beliefs. Faith is not merely what we believe about God. Sincere faith is about participation with God. It's about our relationship. It's about our fidelity, our loyalty about our commitment uh, to Jesus. And so these are the two priceless treasures that we have been given, sound teaching and sincere faith that make up a good deposit. And so they're in our deposit envelope this morning. And Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, 
These are important. I want you to guard them. In order to guard the good deposit, Paul himself, he talks about his own experience in this passage, and he says, I myself in suffering in order for me to guard the good deposit that I have been given. God has entrusted us with a good deposit. In fact, of the eight billion people that are on our planet, we are a privileged few. There is a danger that, ra that, that rather than guarding the good deposit, we fritter it away. I think one of the saddest things for me in my decades of working in Christian higher ed has been students not only who leave prairie, but who just walk away from their faith. One of the most important steps of guarding the good deposit in our lives is our regular participation in congregational life. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he says that the church is the pillar and it is the foundation of truth. And I am so thankful that every week at Mount Olive, Pastor Alvin is here with a, with a screen and on it is the Word of God and faithfully he seeks to explain the Word of God. And uh, that is a privilege that we should not take for granted. Now, perhaps today, as I've been talking about sincere faith, you're a person who's here and youth, you think you don't have faith at all. You kind of wonder, is this Christian stuff real? Does it work at all? And I want to encourage you before you leave the sanctuary this morning that you talk to someone about what you're experiencing. For you, guarding the good deposit means throwing out a lifeline to someone who's able to assist and to help. We've been entrusted with a good deposit. And it's Paul's appeal, both to Timothy and to us, is to guard the gospel and guard our own commitment to the gospel with the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're to guard but we're also to grow. So in chapter 2 and verse 2, Paul says to Timothy, and trust the things that you have heard me say to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to take the good deposit that you've been given. And now what I want you to do with that good deposit is I want you to pass it forward to others. In fact, there's four spiritual generations in this verse. I don't know if you noticed, but there's Paul who passes it forward to Timothy. Timothy is to pass it forward to reliable people, and reliable people are to pass it on to others. Four spiritual generations. We do not grow the good deposit by hoarding it, but by sharing it. We are to pass it forward by discipling others, as in this passage, who will disciple others, who will in turn disciple others. 
Someone has said that we are only one generation away from spiritual apostasy. And so it is not enough for you and I to ask, am I living for Christ? We must ask the question, is the next generation living for Jesus? Jesus modeled the ministry of passing the good deposit forward. He invests in the 12. In two years, we find in the book of Acts that the sound teaching that he had passed to them now uh, filled all of Jerusalem. After, uh, by Acts, uh, a little further in the book of Acts, we see that they had multiplied churches. They were passing the good deposit forward. And then by Acts chapter eight, uh, 17 and 18 years later, we see that they had turned the world upside down. Jesus left us with a commission. And the commission is really what we're talking about right now, and that is taking the good deposit that we have been entrusted with, passing the spiritual baton, and giving it to others. Well, uh, we're going to try and apply this. And in order to do that, I've asked if we could watch about a one-minute video clip. This is of the 2022 World Athletic Championship. This is the men's 4x100 relay. Don't get too carried away by it because I'm going to apply it. There's a reason I want to show you this this morning. And they're away a good start. Aaron Brown, such a good bend runner, is charging very hard in lane number four. But Christian Coleman making up some ground as they go through the first exchange. The Americans are flying, so are the British. Zarnell Hughes outside in lane number six. Down the back straight for Canada, Jerome Blake. Handing off now to Brendan Rodney. Rodney with a great run, being tracked down on the inside by the United States. Elijah Hall through the exchange. Canada in second. The Americans botch up the exchange. Andre DeGrasse has the lead. Here comes Marvin Bracey, DeGrasse with the lead. Canada wins the gold. Andre DeGrasse, 37-48. The Canadians get through the exchange smoothly. The Americans botch it up again and settle for silver. And Ghana will get the bronze. Okay, my apologies to the Americans among us. And I saw some Canadians with hands up. Uh, the running speed of the American team was actually faster than the Canadians. However, they were fourth in terms of passing the baton. The point, that passing the baton is a split-second kind of science that you need to do well if you're going to have the gold medal. Deliberate and passing of the, the baton needs to be done with care and precision. And if that's true for something as simple as a relay race, how important is it for the church of Jesus Christ? But in our generation, I fear that we're fumbling the baton. Let me just tell you a couple of reasons why I say that. 75% of American youth who grew up in Christian homes and churches are abandoning their faith as young adults. Let me give you some Canadian statistics. In Canada, this is census from 2011 to 2000, 
and uh, to 2021, the total percentage of, of Canadians who identify as who self-identify as Christian went down 14 percent, 14 percent in one decade. However, amongst those who are aged 25 to 34, it went down much more than that. It went down 20 percent. This particular uh, slide shows that church attendance, or sorry, yeah, those who identify as Christians in Canada, in every province, and in every territory, it went down. In some provinces, up to 18%. Church attendance during that time dropped an entire percentage point to 5.5% in Canada. Bill Hall says the church's lack of focus or willingness to make the Great Commandment and the Great Commission priority number one is the most grievous corporate sin. It represents the greatest flaw and it brings the greatest shame on the church, more shame on the church than anything else because missing God's central calling is the biggest miss of all. And I want to say this is not, the commission is not simply for pastors or for missionaries. It's for every one of us. And so Dr. Dan Spader calls it the everyday commission. It is for every believer, wherever you are, and whatever else you do. Paul's appeal to Timothy applies to each of us. Grow the good deposit. By passing the spiritual baton. How did we do in that? Did we do okay? Did everyone get it? Okay. Some of you are doing an excellent job. I see it by, you know, I can't help but stand on stage and this, this evening, the work that is going to begin with our VBS. You're doing formal ministries in our congregation of discipling, and I, and I thank you for that. And I hope that you're encouraged by this message to continue on in blessing others through passing the baton of taking the good deposit and giving it to others. Some of you are doing that with your children and your grandchildren. You have been entrusted with a good deposit and you're taking that sincere faith just like Eunice and Lois and you're passing that to the next generation through your kids and through your grandkids. What a, what a, what a great legacy to leave them, right? Way more important than the financial stuff that we have. At Mount Olive, we talk about every adult walking in a sphere of influence of 5 to 18 people that we do life with every day. And the question of, and I think the application of the message this morning is with those people, how are we passing the good deposit on to them? And I'm sure if you are, you know, if God is speaking to you this morning about this issue and uh, you're not sure how do I apply this, how do I get involved, I'm sure one of the pastors would be just absolutely delighted to have that conversation with you. I want to end this morning with a story about guarding and about growing 
the good deposit. Howard Brandt graduated from Prairie College in 1966, and for those of you who are younger, I know that seems like ancient history. Uh, for guys like me, not so much. He went to Ethiopia in 1971, and he was appointed as the uh, principal of a Bible college. The Bible college at the time had three students in it. Howard and the students uh, went to the mountainous regions around uh, the area that he was in order to preach the gospel. And there they discovered the and uh, I hope my, I, I, I uh, talked with Betty earlier this week and I tried to get the pronunciation, but we'll give it a try any. The Garange people, three quarters of a million people who had never heard the gospel at all. And they began to pass the good deposit forward. In September of 1974, a communist revolution began in Ethiopia and Howard knew that there was only a matter of time until either A, he was killed, or B, he would be uh, ejected out of the country. And so he wondered, in the little time that I have left in Ethiopia, how do I spend my time most wisely? And he decided that the best way for him to invest his time was to disciple a few others. And so the way he did that, the way he decided to do that, is he went to the um, Garage people, and he said, on this day, I am going to choose the first six people who come to my home, and I'm going to disciple them. And so on that morning, three men showed up, and then at about 11.30, two more men showed up. And then it was just around noon, he heard someone outside of, the, outside of his home, and he went outside. And here was a lady with a twisted spine whose name was Bailey Nash. And he said to her, you don't understand. We're going to go trekking through the mountains, and you, you won't last a day. God said, nudged him, Howard, you asked for six, and you got six. Okay. They began trekking through the mountains, going to funerals, uh, sleeping on floors, eating what was available, visiting huts, passing the good deposit on. The communists did eject Howard from the country, and for eight long years, he really had virtually no contact with uh, those six disciples. But as soon as he was able to get back into the country, he went to find them. He found four of them. And uh, all six, they informed him, all six of them had been in prison for their faith in Jesus. They showed Howard one of the grave sites, a grave site where one of them had been buried because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. They had paid the cost of what it means to guard the good deposit. Howard asked, how many believers were there in the church now? 
And uh, these, this little band of people, well, we, we're not exactly sure. It could be 5,000, maybe 8,000. And he was astounded. He said, like, who led all those people to Jesus? And they looked at him as if he was a fool. We did. Bailey Nash was missing. Where is she? Howard wondered. Well, they said, she can't come. This weekend, or week, whatever it was, there was a conference of all of the women, 2,000 of them who were meeting, and she's the main speaker. In fact, she's the leader of all of the women in the tribe. Here was the person that he had decided wouldn't last a day. The baton had been passed. The good deposit had grown. Later speaking at Prairie College, Howard challenged the students, and it's a challenge that I want to leave with us this morning. He said to them, ask God to put people in your path. People you can disciple. Whatever your profession, whatever your skills, whatever your education, you can do that. Long after you are gone, those people will be there. The Word of God will go on. Will you do that? God has entrusted you with a good deposit. Let's be faithful to guard it. And let's be faithful to grow it as God gives us opportunities. Let's pray together. Our gracious and loving God, we thank you that in your mercy you have given to us your word. And in that word, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that privilege. And help us, help us, by your Holy Spirit, to both guard it and to grow it for your great glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We trust you have been encouraged and challenged in your faith journey. If you're desiring prayer, want more information on our church, want to partner with us or be involved in any way, please go to our website at mountoliveefc.com. We'll see you next time.